Welcome to Learning to Live the Life, a podcast from Christchurch Down End, a Church of England church in Bristol Diocese. I'm the Reverend David Watson and every two weeks I'll be hosting a discussion episode where each time I'll be joined by two or so guests with one person playing the role of an expert and the other person playing a role of someone who is learning to live the life. Of course we're all learning and no one's perfect. Our second episode is on prayer and after a Sunday service the other week I was joined by Eloise and Sean. In this episode Sean especially brought up a sermon that I'd just given just before we recorded and you can listen to that sermon on this podcast channel. It's called Pause and Rejoice and you can listen to that along with Sunday sermons each week. Please do subscribe to the channel and if you have any feedback for us, any ideas for episodes or questions you want us to discuss, then please email podcast at christchurchdownend.com. That's podcast at christchurchdownend.com. But for now, let's get into the episode. Welcome, I'm here with Sean and I'm here with Eloise and we're going to have a chat about prayer and I'm really excited for it. But before we do, I wonder if Sean, you could introduce yourself, what brings you to Christchurch and just tell us a bit about who you are. Yep, yeah, so I've been at Christchurch for around about 16 years and I came with my husband when he was appointed vicar here. That's how come I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to say a bit about your day job and what you do? Yep, so I'm an education consultant. I have pretty much always worked full-time and I I used to work for the Gloucester Diocese and I, I was there for quite a long time as, as their education advisor. But now, I last couple of years, I've been working part-time and I work for the Worcester Diocese, which is fantastic because I spend a lot of my time uh, writing resources for schools and this is giving me a bit longer to do that. And at the moment, I'm working on something new, so that's fantastic. And also, I get a chance to see my, my family a bit. So I have two children, um, Matt and Angharad, and three grandchildren. So I get Exciting. a bit more time to see them too. And Eloise. Hello, yes. Tell us about yourself. Um, so I'm Eloise. I am 20, um, although I look 12. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I came... I say, I say more like 13. 13, yeah. 13 <laughs> at push, I think. <laughs> But um, I came to church, to Christchurch originally about nine years ago um, as just a member of the youth group on, on a Thursday evening. I got sort of forced into coming on a Sunday, um, but you know, it was the best thing that ever happened to me really. Um, and yeah, Christchurch has just become my, my family over the last few years and oh, you know, I've got involved with sort of uh, helping to run the youth now that I'm older. Um, and I help the children's groups and yeah, I just do what I'm told really. I help, help where I'm needed. <laughs> I'm sure that undersells you. <laughs> that do, does, yeah. And obviously we're just starting a new year and a new decade. So uh, mm. what, Sean, excites you about this decade? I think what I'm really excited about is a new resource that I'm working on at the moment, which is actually about prayer. So we just finished something called Roots and Fruits 2, uh, which is a collective worship resource. So most Church of England schools... Um, use the resources that we produce and this particular worship resource had uh, quite a few uh, examples of contemplative prayer and meditation and they absolutely have loved it. We've had such such a, a good feedback um, that they've asked for more examples of that kind of thing so that's what I'm working on. Very excited. And Eloise, what are you excited about this decade? So uh, this decade marks the end of my education, actually. So this year I finished university and I have no idea what's going to happen next. <laughs> but, um, but that's really exciting, actually, because it means I'm just going to completely trust in God and see where he's going to put me. So, yeah, so I am most excited this decade about seeing what God has planned for the rest of my life. 
I hate to say it's probably all downhill from here. I know. I did that a lot. Brilliant. Right, should we get on with the podcast then? Absolutely. So this second episode of Learning to Live the Life is all about prayer because we're doing a church series, uh, a sermon series on how to pray, uh, a book by Pete Gregg and we're calling it Lord Teach Us to Pray and people can listen to those sermons on our podcast channel. But this podcast, we want to have a discussion about prayer. You know, why do we think it's important to discuss this as a church at the moment? And kind of where are we going? So, Sean, I wonder if you could speak a little bit about why do you think it's important for us as Christchurch to be looking at prayer at this time? I reckon how it started, the whole kind of journey really, was we were doing a, a series, which I expect you've heard about before in the last podcast, on uh, what does it mean to be Christchurch? And um, so that was kind of all uppermost in our minds, really, as a, as a kind of a community. And something that I do in the middle of the week is, is belong to a, a book group. And we, uh, one of the books that was chosen was How to Pray by Pete Gregg. And we were all absolutely knocked for six by this book. And there's a whole range of us in this book group. And some people have been Christians for a very long time and seem to get just as much out of it as people that are more at the start of the journey. And we all found it really inspirational. We found the book so accessible and yet also quite kind of profound. And all of us felt that it had moved us on in our prayer life and and really inspired us to kind of dig a little bit deeper. And at the end of the meeting, we were having a kind of discussion and one of the members came back to the series of what does it mean to be Christchurch? And she said, if I'm absolutely honest, she said, I love the church to bits and there's so many things going on. But she said, "I, I do feel that maybe the prayer life of the church could be perhaps deeper than it is maybe we need to be looking out for opportunities at the time there was going to be an election and they were saying you know we really need to be meeting together to really pray about this so I went home and told Joe, and just generally I think there was a lot of prayer amongst the leadership about this and we decided that if we were going to look at prayer there was no better way really of kind of starting and giving structure to it than actually following Pete Gregg's book which has got kind of home group notes and all sorts of things like that so that was really how it started. Yeah and I think I've been part of a bunch of churches over the last few years during my training and you know it's true that every church can grow in prayer but Mm -hmm. it definitely did feel a bit like a kind of spiritually significant thing that actually God wants to teach us to pray a bit better and a bit deeper during this time. That's exciting. So Eloise I I wonder if you're kind of our contributor (laughs) on this and that you're the person who's playing the role of learning to live the life. Yeah. How do you find prayer? What's your kind of journey with it and what are you hoping to get out of this series? So I think for me it took took a long time for me to really get into prayer. Um, It's something for whatever reason I I did find really difficult to start off with and I think that's true for a lot of people. I think you know prayer is is quite difficult for for many and um, yeah I think you know when I first became a Christian and when I was first learning about you know what it is to be Christ-like and what it is to to be a Christian, you know, this big scary word of prayer can can be quite daunting. And I think that is true for my experience. I sort of saw it as this terrifying thing, you know, where you sit down in silence and talk to this 
you know, incredible being that you can't even see. And I think it was really terrifying, to be mm. honest with you. Um, so it, it took a lot of time and a lot of turmoil, in a way, for me to really sort of get into it. You know, I think I felt quite bad to start off with because I didn't know how to do it. And then I thought, oh, I'm being this terrible Christian that can't <laughs> pray. And there was a difficult start to my journey in prayer. But I think, you know, through the support of of the youth team when I was a youth um, and sort of having friends that are Christians around me and, and just, it's going to sound really silly, but praying about not being able to pray um, mm. <laughs> has really helped me to sort of find my way a little bit better. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm not going to say I'm a, a brilliant prayer now because, um, to be honest, I don't really think I am, but I'm definitely getting there. Yeah, um, so I, I am on this journey. It's, it's, I'm not there yet because that's what a journey is, isn't it? And so what areas are you hoping to grow in prayer and how might this series be helpful for you? I find most difficult is probably silence and, and learning to be silent um, and learning to just listen to God and then speak. Mm. Um, so I'm really hoping that, you know, through this this series, it sort of allows me to, to just sit back and think a little bit more about the process itself and, and just to listen to what God said before I start just saying things yeah, take a bit Brilliant. more time. I think that's a really interesting, actually, what Eloise has said, because parts of the structure that you outlined this morning, Aidan, in the sermon, just take the letters of the word a pray. So pause, rejoice, ask and yield. Or Pete Gregg suggests using the word yes with children, and I think I'm going to definitely do that. And I, I do think that the pause is often what people find the most difficult um, because the way life is at the moment, and um, I mean, don't get me wrong, I am rarely separated from my mobile phone, but I think people are doing lots of different things at the same time. So they'll, they'll be having their phone on the table in front of them. They'll be having a conversation. They might be in a meeting even. They're doing lots of different things. People aren't used necessarily to just being in that place where it's just kind of them and God. And you talked about your friend this morning um, in the sermon. I just thought that was a brilliant illustration that with the friend that you grew up with, when you spent time together and you, you kind of knew each other so well, almost you could predict what you were thinking even. So you were able just to sometimes be together without necessarily speaking uh, but still there was that companionship and that sense of um of yeah of of kind of togetherness and camaraderie and all that kind of stuff and i have been really challenged by that it's not something that i find incredibly difficult i have to say i actually really enjoy that but it it would it took me a long time to have the courage to sit in my place and you gave the, the example of Susanna Wesley, who used to just put her apron over her head because she had these nine children that she was trying to bring up. And that was the only time that she, you know, the signal, if you like, that, that she needed to have that time with God. And whatever, however people do it, I actually think that learning to pause and be still and just be with you and God and not necessarily feeling at first anyway that you need to say anything is such a skill that it's difficult for us these days. I hope you're enjoying our discussion on prayer so far. Please keep listening all the way to the end of this podcast because we'll be having a discussion with Diane Padden, our youth worker, and we'll be lifting the lid on our youth ministry at Christchurch. But for now, back to our discussion on prayer. So I suppose we've started on this with chatting about pausing, but 
I wonder, Sean, I wonder if you could speak about other ways in which people maybe struggle with prayer, maybe if they're new to it, or even if they've been praying for a long time and been Christian for a long time. Uh, yeah, something that he says in the book, because I have to say that I'm not an expert on prayer, but what I have been is inspired by this book. So right. I don't want to kind of set myself up in any way, in any way as being an expert on prayer, because I don't think I am. In fact, actually, there is a quote here by Martin Luther, which I just want to throw in, because somebody asked him, tell me how you pray. And he said, I will tell you as best I can how I approach prayer. But may our dear Lord grant to you and to everybody to do it better than I. So I think you like if Martin Luther is saying, don't look at me, you know, I'm not an expert. Then I think probably it goes to show that we're all learners and we may actually be brilliant in the in one type of prayer but actually very nervous about another type. So I think everybody's at a different place and, and everybody's learning. And we just started a new prayer group, or it's just a group that's meeting for eight weeks to, to look at this uh, series that we're doing and to talk about, you know, the different parts of the book. And everybody there has got different experiences. Some people have been praying a long time, and, and particularly in intercessory prayer, they're fantastic at praying for other people. But they're saying, but I, I very rarely kind of pray about anything for myself. And so, yeah, I think we're all learners. But one thing I found really, really helpful, he says, keep it simple, keep it real, keep it up. That has really spoken to me. And I think keeping it simple speaks for itself that we don't have to use like really complicated language and goodness knows we can just pray from our heart whatever's on our mind like you, you and your friend you know you just talk to your friend about anything but the, the other thing is about keeping it real and um, I found that sometimes when people are perhaps just kind of exploring Christianity and, and seeing how they might be able to get into it and find out what it's all about Prayer can be really terrifying and often when you get to the bottom of it, what they're really scared about is speaking out loud and saying their prayers out loud. Mm. So Eloise, does that chime with anything of your experience? Yeah, no, definitely. I think, um, I think it's one thing, isn't it, when, when you're learning to pray, it's one thing sort of praying to yourself with God in, in a quiet space and, and you know, ha just having a very honest, frank conversation with God. And then it's a whole other ball game when you're in a room with people and you know you're praying collectively out loud or or you're praying for someone. And I think personally, I find it quite scary praying for someone. And obviously, it doesn't matter to God because you know a prayer is a prayer, and whatever you're saying to Him, He's going to understand. You know, in the depths of your heart and what you're trying to say. But I think for some reason, it's just almost an anxiety around praying in front of people sometimes. Yeah, I think I have to pray out loud quite a lot for my job. I think something I still find really hard is the keeping it real part of it. I think I find it really hard to sometimes to be honest with God. It's something I've really grown with over the years. And someone talked about Job with me uh, and how Job, who had all these problems and everything went wrong in his life, he has a go at God. He, was, he exemplifies keeping it real. He shared his soul. And God never criticised him for that. He never told him off. He, yes, he revealed and corrected Job, showing what actually he was like. But he never had a go. And in the last bit of Job, it says, uh, you have not spoken to me what is true, like my servant Job has. He's telling Job's friends that. And I just found that such an encouragement, that keeping it real, even in the hardest times, we can be honest. And I suppose the other thing of keep it simple, keep it real, is that keep it up. And Sean, can you speak into the the idea of keeping up, do we find it hard to can be consistent in our prayer? Uh, well, I can, I can only speak for myself, but that is probably, I'm, I'm so okay with keeping it simple. My background when I was in the classroom was with 
children in key stage one, so five to seven year olds. I actually find it quite easy to be to, to speak in a way that um, is not simplistic, hopefully, but is, is straightforward because I'm used to talking to children of that age and keeping it real is okay but keeping it up is the thing that I struggling, struggle with too um, because every day is different for me I think it is for a lot of people I don't find it easy to have a routine so I'll often have to leave for work at half past six in the morning and I'll be working a 12 or 13 hour day and so to try and get up early enough to, to pray then you know so my routine can be a bit different but I have found when I do try and make a routine like that, that God does bless it. So, yeah, I guess that's what I'd say. With regard to kind of like the whole church, I think I'd like to ask you, Aidan, what do you think <laughs> about the kind of like, as a church, how do we make sure that we are consistent and faithful in prayer? Well, I don't know what you guys think. I've always thought there's no such thing as solo Christianity. There's nothing that should be done on its own. The, the other week when I was reading and preparing for my sermon as part of this series, I noticed that the Lord's Prayer is not, it's not singular, it's our Father. Mm. It's always a corporate sense of prayer and I don't think we should ever struggle on our own when it comes to prayer. You know, this keeping up thing. Um, we live in a, a world where, yeah, technology can be a distraction, but it can be a helpful thing as well. And is, is there a way of, you know, having accountability with someone where you both text each other and say right we're going to pray now together mm -hmm. you don't have to be in the same place but we're going to pray together Eloise what do you think about kind of keeping up and finding a routine I suppose with your prayer life I think I've always found it a little bit difficult to, to form a routine um, in a sense and I think that's true of everything I do I think I'm, I'm not very good at making routines personally so trying to find a prayer routine has been a real a process for me you know I tried doing it in the morning but before I've had a shower I'm too tired mm. so and then I'm hungry after I've had my shower so that didn't work out too well so then it's sort of doing it in the evening and, and sometimes I'd be out a bit later doing various different things with the youth and stuff so it's just sort of having that routine has not been so easy for me for whatever reason so so now I sort of have this you know um, I'm, I'm in this place now where I'm trying to just find times in the day and I'm just making sure I do it every day but it's not always at the same time and it's not always in the same place and I think that's an interesting place to be at the moment but I think I think having a prayer partner is really important um, my prayer partner is Diane and, and she will text me every Wednesday morning seeing if I need prayer and and you know I say that's what really about good. you you know so it really encourages you to continue so yeah I think that's been very valuable I I totally agree I've got um, two prayer partners mm. and uh, we meet when we can that accountability yeah. for me is actually important I know it's not for everybody but for me knowing that they're going to kind of ask me how I'm doing with something yeah. <laughs> I've been struggling with and we've been praying about and also it just helps with the first one of those those letters for you, you know with with pray is it's pause and it's rejoice mm. and it's just fantastic when you meet with your prayer partners and they go so what happened with so-and-so's job then you know did they get it and you go yes they got it oh you know that's fantastic so it, it helps you to rejoice and to really remember how faithful God has been or you know surprises that have happened so that I I find really helpful too yeah. just going back to the book with Pete Gregg he said actually he thought long and hard about whether he would share this because he didn't want to, for other people to think that they had to be like this but he's got a system where he kind of prays in the morning and prays at lunchtime and the praise 
in the evening. And so at lunchtime he prays um, the, the Lord's, Lord's Prayer. Prayer, yeah. Mm. And then the evening he prays the Prayer of Examine, where he looks over the day and gives thanks to yeah. God for stuff and all the rest of it. And I think that's a useful thing. I think my takeaway from this part of our discussion is that we've got three people in this room and three of us struggle sometimes with routine. I would bet my house on the fact that this is a common struggle throughout the church. And so our thing is, how can we encourage each other? And, and, you know, if you're listening to this, then, you know, how can you be encouraged by other people? How can you encourage others uh, to find a routine to pause and grow in your prayer life? So for this final section, so far we've looked at kind of where we've been, you know, what's behind this series. We're kind of looking at where we're at as prayers today. But now I want to kind of look a bit further forward. You know, where do we want to go as a church when it comes to prayer? What what would it look like if we were more passionate about prayer? What would change? And I wonder, Sean, could you speak about, you know, where you hope we'll go as a church in our prayer life? I think what I'd love to see, uh, there's a, a quote in this book by Hudson Taylor and he says, not greater faith, but faith in a great God. And I think that sometimes we worry that we haven't got enough faith and we, we beat ourselves up because, you know, we, we haven't got the faith to pray for this, that and the other. But I think if we kind of shift our focus a little bit more to our amazing God and less on ourselves, then I think our, our prayer life could be transformed and we, we just could be so much more courageous to believe that this God that we worship just wants to not only bless us, but he wants to bless the world. A, a picture, again, that came from the book, which was so profound for me, and it was, it was talking about persistence in prayer. Prayer was like throwing rocks into a pool, and the rocks, initially, they just disappear without trace, and you just think, where is my prayer going, you know, what, what... And actually, as those rocks are building up in the pool, then, of course, they start, eventually, you start seeing the evidence of those rocks, and, mm. and you see what God is doing. But sometimes we are praying into a situation and we may not initially see the results, but we worship an amazing God. And I think we just have to get a, a, a larger vision, really, for who God is and what he can do. And that will give us inspiration and courage. Brilliant. As part of this book, I, something I loved was how he, at the end of each chapter, he gives a kind of hero or heroine of prayer, of, of that aspect towards prayer. Um, and obviously we want to emulate these heroes of prayer and I, I love to learn from the church that's gone before us. Um, Eloise, I wonder, um, have you got any heroes or heroines <laughs> of prayer that you want to follow? I do. Um, so uh, many of you listening might know Cathy Prosser. Um, she might be listening. Hello, Cathy. Cathy uh, <laughs> um, is, is probably my heroine of prayer because there was a, a, a spirit space a, a few months ago, which is our Sunday evening service that we have once a month, and it was on silence. And Cathy did a section on silence, which you know we spoke about earlier or something I really personally struggle with. Um, and it was it was really powerful for me to listen to. And, and I spoke to Cathy after the service, and you know she was telling me about how it's it's not about reaching this level of perfection it's not about reaching this this point at which you are done with getting there it's it's just about the journey and 
and that really spoke to me and so I think just the way in which she conducts her prayer life and, and the way that she's so open about prayer and you know she's so happy to pray for everyone and, and but also the knowledge that she imparted on me about not reaching for this perfect end game which which I think I always had been you know I'd been aiming to reach this perfect point of I'm I can pray now so I think she's my heroine of prayer because of, because of that it's a great image of us kind of learning as a church to pray together and learning to grow in prayer. And I suppose, uh, sorry to be corny, but learning to live the life, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> Absolutely. Is there anything you'd like to add, Sean? One thing connected to what I was saying before, I think is really important for us to understand, is that we worship, you know, a wild and unpredictable God. And prayer is not about putting a, a coin in a machine and getting out a can of Coke. Other prayer... brands are available. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what prayer seems to me as I kind of think about it and, and kind of grow in that journey, it seems to be more about coming into God's presence and aligning our will with his and again going back to the example that you gave you know with your friend you know when you spend time like that with someone you kind of get to know who they are and what they would want and that's where I would like to go more but also understanding that God isn't predictable he's not safe and that's a bit unsettling (laughs) (laughs) yeah brilliant well, thank you so much, guys, for joining me. Thank um, you. It's been great. You're fun. So I hope you really enjoyed that discussion on prayer. As I promised earlier, we have got some time now with Diane Padden, and it's great to spend a few minutes with you, Diane, and chatting about our youth ministry here at Christchurch. Could you just give us a quick overview about the things going on with the youth ministry here at Christchurch? Because it's quite a lot, isn't it? Yeah, so, so by, on a week-by-week week basis, uh, we run seven youth groups here in the youth hub each week. In addition, we run three groups in Downing Secondary School, and we send a detached youth ministry team out on a Friday night. We just go visiting young people in the streets and in local parks. Brilliant. So it's quite a privilege to get a bit a few minutes with you and <laughs> spend some time. Do you want to speak in particular about you know one highlight or something that's going on at the moment in one area of the mm. youth ministry? Well, I think I, mean, I love all of it. I feel really privileged to be a part of all of it. But um, I think the groups are really excited about the um, Elevate groups, the home groups, the Bible studies on a, on a Wednesday night. So we have a group for years six, seven and eight, and then we have a later group for years nine and above. And we do all sorts of Bible study there. It's a really special time. We come together, we play, we snack, we have some really deep discussions. And it's, it's really lovely to see how the young people are growing in those groups and how they share their faith with their friends at school. And uh, one girl was sharing how a friend of hers um, had said to her at school that she'd really like to believe in God, but she doesn't know how. Mm. So she invited her along to Elevate. And this girl absolutely loved it. And there was a, an email from her mum saying that she was buzzing when she came home. And, you know, it was great to see her so enthusiastic about something. And, and how could she sign up? And um, you know, since then, she's become a regular member of that group. It's, it's a really, really special group. And we went out on a trip at the end of term a few months back. And we went to McDonald's. Uh, we just provided the transport. Uh, the, the young people bought their food. But we were all there, kind of there's 20 of us, you know, and it was re- really good fun. And one of the staff members of McDonald's came up to one of our young people 
and asked, you know, are you, are you one big family? Mm-hmm. You know, they didn't assume that we were a youth group. They didn't assume that it was some party, which I guess is quite normal. But it was that question, are you one big family? Uh, which the young person was like, yeah, we are really. And, <laughs> and that's the thing, that we were out there presenting as family. It just, that just felt really special. Um, we're starting Youth Alpha tonight, so we'll be running that for this term. And it, yeah, it's just a real privilege to come alongside these young people and see them growing in their faith. It's just really, really privileged. Amazing, amazing. And we, as part of Learning to Live the Life, we're going to have a few times where we lift the lid on ministries just so that we can inform people of what's going on, but also so that people can be praying uh, for what's going on. So I wonder, is there any way we can be praying in particular for our youth ministry? Yeah, um, there's so many areas, but I guess something that's the that sort of newest thing that we've become involved in is that we're... God has just gone before us and opened up the doors uh, to Downing Secondary School. Such a privilege again to be in there. Um, we go in and run drop-ins twice a week um, on a Tuesday for years seven and eight and on a Friday for years nine and above and um, also running self-esteem identity courses and it's just so exciting to be in there. I did kind of question in what, what use could a, what impact could a, a lunchtime drop-in have but it's been phenomenal. So a group of year seven boys have been coming along faithfully. It's been fantastic, the conversations that we're having, the relationship is building. And the majority of them have then come on to other groups, have come to youth group, have invited their friends. And that's just amazing to see. And then the older girls, you know, there was a girl that I met in, in school and she was struggling a little bit. She started coming to youth group. She said youth group was the best day of her, you know, best night of her week. Then she started coming to Elevate. She's a regular at Elevate now, and her family have been Amazing. involved in things as well. So exciting. And then just before Christmas, I um, had a group of about 15, 16-year-old girls, and I was chatting to them, and I said to one of them, you know, would you pray in a crisis? And um, she said, no, why would I? I've never prayed before. And I, I completely got that. I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. And her friends were, like, agreeing, yeah, why would you pray? If you're not the person that prays, why would you? And then I said, okay, fine, so you're in a plane and you're about to crash, do you pray? Yes. And they were all like, yes, yes, we do. And I said, oh, that's fine, we just carried on. And then after, when the, the, the bell had gone, people were going off to their groups, um, this girl came back and she was shared some real heartbreaking stuff that was going on in her life. And I said, I'm so sorry, that's so sad, I will pray for you. And her eyes just lit up and she smiled and she just said, thanks, so will I. Mm-hmm. And I thought, wow, like just 20 minutes ago, you're telling me you had never prayed and you would never pray. Mm. And now you're appreciating that somebody's praying for you and saying that you would pray. It was just absolutely amazing. And then there's the, um, the identity courses, which are just absolutely fantastic to come alongside young people and tell them that they are unique, that they are basically fearfully and wonderfully made. <laughs> they are precious. There's a lot of pressure on young people and there's a lot of struggles with anxiety and all sorts of things out there and to be able to come along and build them up and to to see them just getting that little bit taller and for the school to to really be embracing it and appreciating it valuing our being in there so that's a real blessing so I would ask for your prayers in that really prayers for all the young people that we meet pray that we'd be able to continue blessing the school and that they would see and experience God's love through us being there amazing that's so good thank you so much for your innocent time you're welcome (laughs) So that's all we have time for today on Learning to Live the Life. I hope you really enjoyed listening. And if you have, please do subscribe to the podcast. Also tell anyone and everyone you can meet about it. If they don't know how to subscribe to podcasts or find us, then just take their phone and do it for them. That's what I say. Also, please, on your podcast app, rate us as highly as possible, as it's a good way of sharing it further as well. 
If you have any ideas or questions you want us to discuss on future episodes, then please do email podcast at christchurchdownend.com. In our next few episodes, we're going to be looking at what does it mean to be a Christian working in the healthcare sector, and also an interesting question, why do men hate church? But that's all to come. I'll speak to you again soon. Take care. God bless.